because right, it well. literally puts a gel on the sides of your fucking colon, well, which makes the poopy slip out. Well, How okay. do you know this? How do you yeah. know? Well, okay, research shows that. Read, uh, read, 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 read up on things. it. Oh, I see. So I read, uh, I read a medical journal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so another another show has started with the discussion of uh, elimination. Uh, yeah, another, how uh, is your system, by the way, Fred? Are you you're good? I find no complaints. All right. How about you, Dan Duran? We never hear enough about your eliminations. Well, uh, I don't have as many as you guys. I don't think. Maybe. Well, 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 wait, what do you mean? One, don't one, you go every day? Well, I th- yeah, no, I go every day, but not. I think aren't you guys are two or three timers? No, don't you like are always going? Oh, okay. I don't know where you get that idea. Is that on the internet? <laughs> was, that, was that rumor? Humble and Fred shit a lot on the internet. Is that what's yeah. happening? <laughs> Maybe they've misinterpreted those. I would say. <laughs> How many? So are you uh, well? Is are you healthy? Have you had any eliminations that were less than ple- uh, pleasant? Uh, well, you know, you go in and out, but mostly they're pleasant ilu- uh, eliminations. Yeah. What does that mean? They go in and out. Are you, uh, well, you know, are you solid as a rock or are you painting the bowl? Like, no, a little bit more, you know, like it didn't come out as easy as, as but most <laughs> of the time, 90%, everything's uh, pretty good. All right. What about shrapnel the odd time? <laughs> shrapnel. Well, that's what I, what? I, do you ever just like paint the bowl and we'll look back and go, Whoa. It's happened, but generally speaking, I'm pretty stable in that. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it. Uh, Anyway, welcome, everyone. It's the uh, another Humble and Fred show uh, where we begin, uh, you know, on a more base note. But uh, we'll hit some. uh, We'll get a highbrow. That's the whole point. We're going to get a highbrow at some point. But first, let's start this thing. This episode of Humble and Fred. Hold on. I wasn't ready right then. I, I'm sorry. Did you need more time? Well, I was surprised because, you know, we were just, I was surprised. Well, sorry. no, because I'm trying to stick to our recent. No, I know. I, I, good, good. Where on, we, we start the show and give our sponsors a, a early highlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to start again? Figure it out. I'm ready to go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, and from our beautiful Brampton Basement Studio. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and by GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain easily, create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now here are two men who uh, blame any complaints against them and their behavior on a corrupted data file. Mm. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursdays, of course, guest list on the friend on the friendly and humble show. <laughs> I forgot the name of the show. On the friendly and humble, uh, a lot of things to get to. You know, Dan Duran's only going to be with us for a little while, so we need to use him. We need to use him as a resource. Uh, quickly in the news yesterday, toward the end of the show, my brother, I just looked down at some point, and uh, he said, "Oh, all the U.S. flights were were canceled yesterday for a while." Remember that yesterday for a good port a good portion of the time we were recording yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were no the flights. Time, yeah. almost the whole time. And um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know when I was uh, talking about it, the uh, the acronym NOTAM, mm-hmm. 
I, I actually was. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm reading this morning that I was, you know, more correct than I actually thought I was. I knew what the acronym meant, notice to airmen. But I, it, it, date, it does date back to the 1940s when pilots would let other pilots know that there might be something on the route of their flight that the pilots just experienced. You know, you take off at a Pearson, there might be a bit of wind shear at 5,000 feet, so you send out a notice to airmen and women, I guess. Um, Air people. Air people. Notice to air people. Anyway, that's what happened yesterday. It was an FAA computer system that now does it. And... um, because it, it share is crucial information anyway that was the thing that that did it and fred you said something like wasn't it you that were saying like you know some kind of cyber attack it could oh, have been said, yeah like i i was hoping not like you know there's lots of cyber attacks now and it would be unsettling if they started you know uh picking the scab of uh, the airlines you well, know joe biden has ordered an investigation Come on, guys. It's an investigation. Come on. An investigation. Come on. Come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Joe. Come on, guys. It's an investigation. I'm investigating. Uh, Currently, there's no evidence of a cyber attack. Uh, NBC and USA today were told that it was outdated tech. And Dan, you'll uh, appreciate this, that they think it was just a software update. And so maybe you could speak to that. Like... Yes, you know, and we've all updated our phones overnight, or sometimes the computer has an update. And you know, I was looking yes. here. Pardon? It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Updating your phone and As, <laughs> and the and the, the but 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 it must be similar in nature that so, at some point Absolutely. they were supposed to update it. And the reason I asked Dan is like, is it sort of like in the middle of the update? Like it's just it just it didn't finish and they they closed it down too soon because I get uh, impatient. This will surprise you. (laughs) That sometimes during an update, I'm like, how long is this update? Or or why didn't they set it for 2 a.m.? I yeah, think well, they yeah. did. Uh, they whatever they were doing uh, from what I from what I read is that they had uh, they were, were doing it like at a, at a low traffic time, and it was a uh, corrupted data file that was also in the backup, and they decided to reboot. And when they rebooted, the same problem existed because of the corrupted data file that was still there, and they somehow tracked it down. But it's an old system. I guess, I guess, uh, I mean, those systems, like any big, huge computer system, it's not like, like you know, updating your iOS. It's mm-hmm. a massive, massive uh, computer system that if uh, you make a mistake, you know, is it's catastrophic. It can be catastrophic. So the, is it, it one of those massive systems like you used to see in the movies where there'd be all these banks of reel-to-reels running around? And remember those, like, 1960s? Remember those 1960s when they'd, they'd go to the computer room of some big corporation and it would just be reel-to-reel machines spinning in infinity? Yeah. Backwards little fla- and forwards. Little, little flashing lights. Yeah, little flashing lights. Yeah. yeah. Well, they still have the li- the flashing lights. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, the hum of air conditioners trying to cool down the core. But you said there is going to be a, an investigation. But Joe Biden, the only point, Joe the Biden only says, point. come on, guys, come on. Yeah, the only point, again, I was making that sometimes these cyber sinisters, what they do is, uh, again, they give you, they tease you a bit, right? Like, here's what we can do, so be prepared or give us that or we'll take it one step further Uh, obviously or probably not in this case but you know how do you how do you not think of that stuff now all the time when no for sure when incidents happen right um 8.2 thousand 
delays and 1.2 thousand cancellations reported by uh, FlightAware. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to FlightAware. It's pretty cool. It's a, a website that you can see, and it tracks all the planes in the air over North America. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and it just shows you, you know, at any given time, just how congested the skies are and how many flights yeah, are. I think, I, I think I've seen that. I think when you and I used to perform in the same room, you showed me once. I that did. thing. Yeah. And it's like little dots all over the place. And, and dots that are moving. And uh, this is, by the uh-huh. way, the first time an order has been given. The first time that they have basically grounded all flights since 9-11. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. Oh, you, heard of, <laughs> you heard of 9-11? Come on, guys. Have you heard of 9-11? That was where uh, they stopped all the flights, right? But I remember because I was, you know, uh, into aviation. I hadn't got my license yet, but I was really into, you know, looking at the skies and airplanes. And it was eerie over a beautiful day. For a couple of days, it was really, really clear skies. And right. not seeing any airplanes was freaking out, freaking people out. Yeah. It also spawned a great musical. Mm. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Fantastic. Come on, guys. How am I supposed to remember where I left those documents? <laughs> you know what? I, tell you what the, I can't remember my wife's name. The Come fucking on, Biden guys. impression is so easy. Because all you got to do is go, you, you say something, you go, I'm looking for it. Come on, guys. I'm looking for it. Come on, guys. Um, Fuck. You know, the world today, you know, you read those stories, you know, that whole thing now where people uh, phone old, you know, keep phoning until they get old people and they rip them off for money by telling them like their, their grandson or granddaughter's in jail and you got to give us money. You've heard of all that. Sure. And you just think, who are these people that can do that to another human being, especially the vulnerable like old people and just take that money and feel good about it? You know, and there's so many different levels. And again, it hasn't been confirmed, but who are the guys that sit there in a room? Yeah, let's go after this uh, world-famous sick kids hospital in Toronto. Let's fuck them up and hold them up for some money. Like, guys sit in rooms and do this stuff. And, you know, often these big cyber attacks like sick kids and these big companies, they don't want to admit it because they don't want to look vulnerable for another attack or to give incentive for attacks on other similar businesses. It's a vicious, vicious, ugly world, you know, that these... Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know who those people are, although sometimes I walk by Dan Duran's room and as I'm going to bed and he's like, Hey, Betty, hey, Betty, how would you like to see my monkey sock for only $19? <laughs> $19.99. Um, just to wrap up the uh, travel uh, story, uh, apparently on Monday on an Amtrak train from Washington, D.C. to Florida... It was that passengers were stuck on board for 29 hours due to a freight train derailment. But this is my favorite part. That's no joke, right? You know, eventually the conductor had to tell the passengers to stop calling 9-11 as they were not being held hostage. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Actually, go up to people. Listen, you're not being held hostage. It's been derailed, you idiots. Anyway, <laughs> no, Freddie, you ask a good question. Fred asks a lot of good questions, guys. Fred's a good question asker. Well, it's just another indication of, you know, this, these computers, the Internet, cyberspace, on one hand, so wonderful, and then on the other hand, can be so damaging. That's sad. It, Why it, can't everybody just be nice? Yes, I know. 
Well, it would be interesting. Of course, why can't we? Everybody's beautiful mm-hmm. in its own way. I wonder how quickly. I mean, I wonder what happened first when they finally connected the dots that made up the internet. And I know it started in the '60s, government, whatever. But I wonder what was the what came first, Dan? Somebody ripping somebody off, or hey, we can show some titties on this. <laughs> You know, because like my early remembrances of the Internet, especially on the Humble and Fred show back in the day, when when people could email us for the first time. Yes, we started getting some nice emails from people saying, hey, I love your show. We got a lot of emails saying Mm -hmm. we don't like your show. But the other category was, hey, here's some porn. And it was so bad. This is true. Remember this, Fred? It got so bad that we had to say to the audience, please stop sending us porn because apparently yes. because the company won't doesn't want it on our server we're on a company server right <laughs> but and then uh, we had a couple of meetings about it oh they yeah explained they explained to us that we know you're going to receive stuff please try not to open it but sometimes you didn't know mm-hmm. but then we were warned if there's any proof that you have sent something from here well all rules are off you got of course, unless you're John, John Derringer. You. Yeah, that's right. But but I'm just saying, it is funny, Dan. And you think about it, like you know, the 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 internet, as Fred just said, could it be? It was was is such a force for good in sharing and information and communities. But uh, I wonder what what was one of the first things that you know uh, the first email sent from some Nigerian prince who was going to give you a hundred thousand dollars, or was it some you know porn picture? I think it was probably porn. I bet you oh, porn was first to the porn, out of the porn, gate. Porn is a uh, is a motivator. Of oh, a sure. Tech. Plus, I mean, it plus in the early in the early days of um, the internet. See, porn is one way. It just you just open and look. To be ripped off, you had to look at something and then respond. So it added a layer to be. You know what I mean? To be ripped off. So I, I would think porn would, yeah. Would Dan be made a really good point there, and we would be uh, the winner. We didn't acknowledge it. P- porn has been a driver of tech. In fact, mm-hmm. the I, I'm not sure if it still goes on, but annually for years the Tech Expo in uh, Jan in January February I think it was in, uh, in Las Vegas, yeah, runs concurrent with the Porn Awards. Mm-hmm. Like so, I mean, there's there's all kind of evidence that uh, you know porn has benefited from tech, probably like no other industry, Dan. <laughs> and and you know what it spawned? Spawned. <laughs> what did it spawn? Before the, well, before the internet, there was virtually no amateur porn. But when the internet started, this explosion of girl next door, whatever amateur porn, it zoomed to the top. Yeah, I bet. There was a fact, category. People wanted to see amateur porn more than they wanted to see the staged cheesy stuff, the pizza delivery man stuff. Well, right? all, the, all of that plot driven mm-hmm. porn went away because mm-hmm. of the Internet. Yeah. You know, absolutely. we used to call them skin flicks. There was a there was a category in Hustler. Remember that one of my favorite segments of Hustler? Man, I could I could I would delve deep into a Hustler, man. Like a, a Hustler magazine that would last you for months. There's all kinds of layers to a Hustler magazine, inclu- including the beaver hunt. Remember that? And um, the girl next door. And I was always intrigued by the girl next door because she didn't look like any girl next door to me. 
<laughs> no, the girl next door was like, um, like amazing. It was like, wow. Yeah. And then, you know, being horny young men, you'd be looking at, you know, around your street and any thinking, would she do that? Or could she be the girl next door? Or? Did I, was I wrong? Was there not a category beaver hunt or was that a different magazine? I think that was a, a magazine in a, I think it, the, the magazine was called Beaver Hunt, actually. <laughs> Howard. Imagine working at Beaver Hunt. You know, your kid's playing <laughs> hockey and you're there yeah, Saturday morning and you're talking to some other dad and he's like, yeah, and what do you do? Well, I'm the editor of Beater, Beaver Hunt. Huh? I'm a, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a reporter. <laughs> I'm a beat <laughs> reporter at Beaver Hunt. You you had a little slip there. Beater hunt. <laughs> beater That's hunt. That's what it leads to. Nice. Beaver hunt leads to beater hunt. Come on, guys. Beaver hunt. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on, guys. Beaver <laughs> It's beaver hunt. Um, Dan, what was your point? I mean, listen, Dan, if you deny this, you are a, in the Bible, known as a Jezebel. What? Because I remember seeing your room scattered, filled up with porn magazines. Dan, what were your favorites? <laughs> well... That's a little extreme. <clears throat> well, Is it? Uh, yeah, no, Howard's told me that many times over the years. That yeah, Drew he loved his uh, he loved his uh, oh, yeah. magazine. He oh, did yeah. well because he came out of a ministerial home, and once he was uh, unleashed in the world, he started smoking yeah. weed and jerking off like a crazed maniac. Right? Yeah, and around my bed, it was just piled up. I never cleaned up anything. <laughs> No, the, right. the magazines, the magazines, and, higher and, higher. and yeah. Soon I was sleeping on the magazines <laughs> and using, <laughs> using right. rolled up penthouses. He's going with it. Pillow. He's going with it. He, had, he just had a big. He just had a big yeah. tub. Got to the point where the trapeze was. He no longer used a trapeze. He didn't thought, even okay, use lube. He just had a big tub, tub of lard next to his bed. He just slithered it on oh, his no, giant no, pole. <laughs> That was on demand. I just had to push a button for That's that. That's right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Did I, I don't know if I've told you this guy, uh, you guys, my buddies, uh, this story. Uh, growing up in Scarborough, we had one bathroom in the house. That was it for five people. That's the way it was back then. Uh, one winter, my mom's going in the bathroom and she's going, well, it's cold in here. Why is this bathroom so cold? She's going to have a bathroom. And then she says, why this room is just cold richard why is this room so cold so he's trying to figure out why the bathroom would be so cold so of course he goes over to the heating vent and lifts it up and he looks and there's like a playboy <laughs> magazine stuffed in there yeah, so, my brother, <laughs> so my brother <laughs> would go in the bathroom and then you know leave have his, his porn magazine there. and then yeah. always, this is a good hiding spot without of course realizing that it was going to impede the heat but two and, things uh, we were a one bathroom home my <laughs> glassman's we had yeah. five people for one bathroom yeah, and i remember yeah. when my dad somehow uh, got up the we we put a, a, a prefab shower and a toilet in the basement it was huge oh, in yeah. our family yeah. oh you were yeah you were uh, rich people then. And, and i'll tell you i remember when it happened because i was still young enough like young four or five where i didn't like to go downstairs alone you know that age like i you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like it was, but it was a big deal to the rest of the family. I was still taking baths. Um, I do remember, Dan, so you won't tell us about your favorite porn magazine, but I remember, I've told this joke, but my dad, I remember discovering his Playboy magazine 
which was in a bit of a, like in a cupboard behind the bed. Like the bed had a, 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 mm. a cupboard where your head was. And, you know, you had your magazines and, and books. And I remember discovering that Playboy magazine. It was probably 12 or 13. And I realized, and then, you know, of course, I went crazy on it for a couple of years. And I realized later that for those few years, my father and I had so much in common. We were, <laughs> we were both using the magazine for the same thing. Never felt closer to you, Lou. Stains on the same pages. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Uh, Dan Duran's got to go. So uh, we're going to get to uh, your emails. Uh, Dan Duran, thank you for your service. Uh, Dan Duran's uh, recorded message will close this program in about an hour from now. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you, you going to be here Monday? Because Monday's last, uh, Fred's last day for a few weeks. No, last day for a week because he's yeah, no, traveling. All right. Yeah. All right. So all next week, it's, so it's Fred on Monday. And Fred on guests, Monday, and then a bunch of guests. On, on guest Freds. Uh, we got a Romanuk, uh, Maureen Holloway. She reached out to me. And uh, some special guests as well. And uh, Dan Duran, you know, obviously, we'd like to have, uh, you know, I know you're busy, but if you can hang around no, a little bit, no, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay, guys. Uh, before we get to, well, actually, you know what? Let's, let's do a little sponsor love, and then we'll explain why we're why there's a specific reason we're playing this song. Okay, I want to talk about the retirement Sherpa, our buddy Tim Niblett, a wonderful man. Okay, outside of his profession, he's a wonderful man. And you say, well, you think, like, why am I saying that? Well, because when your money's involved, you want it to be in the hands of a wonderful man. Mm. And he really is. He's the retirement Sherpa. Uh, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim licensed on both sides of the border. Uh, Tim has been a sponsor of the show for many years. Uh, Tim has embraced many Humble and Fred listeners and helped them with their financial uh, future. Tim uh, is willing to help you. Uh, contact him at retirementsherpa.ca. You will have no regrets. In an ideal world, the first time you get an electric car, you'd have someone just, you know, trust, someone that you trust, just walk you through everything you need to know, just like your parent or driving teacher did when you first learned to drive. If this is your first time trying electric, we highly recommend booking the full experience. Those looking to try a second car should book a test drive or rent an EV instead. With the experience, you get an EV advisor answering all your questions. You take a car home, you experience life with electric. Easy steps. Go to uh, evnet.ca slash experience. Choose the experience you want. Choose the length of time. Choose pickup or delivery. And I can tell you there is uh, some add-ons to the whole EVnet experience right now. The first 10 people that sign up at one I think, well, here's the thing. You can call, call just call this number, 1-800-387-9391, because I'm not sure if you can get the uh, discount if you just do it on online. But go ahead and give them a call, and the first pen, uh, 10 people that do get $20 off an EV experience using the voucher HF20. 1-800-387-9391. It really is a different way. To, to get into the world of electric vehicles is a different way to buy a car. That's for goddamn sure. Little Gwen Stefani. Now, here's the part that's interesting because she's talking about the Juku girls, which are her Japanese backup singers. Right. Hear that? From the something of Japan, every Juku girl, whatever. Yes. What 
Uh, you told me a story this morning, another incident of uh, people overreacting. Yeah, this is a good song. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, um, yeah you know, it's like woke overboard. Stuff like this just aggravates me. Uh, you'll read about it today. I mean, over the past 24 hours, it's this story has blown up. And you wonder why. Gwen Stefani... Uh, doing an interview with Allure magazine about her latest line of uh, fragrances. She's been in the fragrance business for the better part of 20 years. During it, she's talking about Japanese influence in her life. And it really, it all started with her dad. He was a businessman, used to go to Japan all the time and come back and tell stories. And she said, as a kid, I was fascinated. She says, I became interested in all things Japanese. And then she said, at one point, she said, you know, I, I figure I'm Japanese and I didn't even know it. Well, she was not supposed to say that. And again, it was an offhand comment talking about all the influence, Japanese influences in her life. And you just, you know, played some. And she used to back in the early 2000s when uh, she had a whole line, I think, of Japanese fragrances or named, you know, a Japanese named fragrances, and she used to have like four Japanese uh, dancers. I yeah, believe. that's that's the thing I was saying in, in the in the yeah. video to that song, which by the mm-hmm. way is is you know from a Jewish musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the video of that song features these Japanese these Juku girls. They're called yes. So again, during this um, magazine interview, she just made the huge mistake of saying, laughing, sort of offhand, I'm Japanese and I didn't even know it. And listen, how many people could put themselves in that position? Just an offhand comment, just kidding around. And again, giving in. And, and, and she even has the background to, to back it up with her dad. And what's wrong with having a deep Japanese influence and having it emerge through your creativity? But she was a little betrayed by the, uh, the writer of this magazine as well, because the writer took that line and sort of used it to promote the article. And then, of course, Twitter, social media went crazy. Uh, with cultural expropriation. Not just for this. Now Gwen's being questioned about the four Japanese dancers back in the 2000s, early 2000s. All these news medias have reached out for comment. They've reached out. I'm reading this morning, CNN and NBC News. Mm. and They've all reached out to get comments from Gwen Stefani. And her reaction is, no, I'm not responding to this. That's the way I feel. It was an innocent... It was an innocent response. So, uh, yeah. And, of course, more will come of it than just this, of course, through social media and the way people like to jump on board and ride the, uh, you know, social social justice warrior train. Yeah, but it's something else. And, she, and now she's and also some of her earlier stuff, she had reggae and ska influence. She's being questioned on that now. Listen, some of the early no doubt music has it. Yeah. And, but, you know, and, and what, what I, I wanted to wait till you're done, yeah. because, you know, there is, you know, it's very fashionable now to be, oh, anti woke. And what are they? T- mm-hmm. But but some of it is gone amok. Some of it is legit, you know, like cultural appropriation. Uh, in some forms, is 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 just basically another way of saying 
what we used to call politically incorrect. And as I said to you, right. the example, the, the, the Cleveland Indians, the Tomahawk shop, the Washington Redskins, that's cultural appropriation whose time has come and gone. But we don't seem to have any wiggle room anymore to have an affinity for a culture to be, you know, like you were the example you used when we were just getting ready for the show about George Harrison and the Beatles went to India and came back having appropriated some of the elements of that culture, uh, sitar music and Harrison's songs. The Beatles were had had sat and absorbed some transcendental meditation. Ravi Shankar became famous because of them. And so. You could say, oh, the Beatles shouldn't have done that. But what they did is they had such affection for it. Yes. That they brought it back to expose it to the world. You know, but and, while, you know Howard, that wouldn't fly nowadays, probably. But they and, would probably be called out on that. You know, there, there's all kinds of people that are, you know, uh, cinephiles or they're into a certain style of something. But a lot of people are like, you know, um, a lot of people love going to Italy. They're Italophiles or whatever. She was just happened to be a Japanophile. If that's I'm making I'm making up words now. But again, my point is, how can how can we be so critical of one another? The good news, by the way, for Gwen Stefani is this will fade very quickly. Like this isn't going to cancel Gwen Stefani, because no, it's kind so. of made up. And I'll finish by saying this. Because the Japanese culture isn't seen as a sort of lower, like, you know, they're not lower on the scale. You know what I mean? They're not a, a put-upon culture. And that's oftentimes, you know, when it comes to, like, indigenous people appropriating their culture, you know, they're not, you know what I'm saying? There's an imbalance in power, but the Japanese are not, they're not worried about what Gwen Stefani feels about being Japanese. See, and and you touched on the biggest problem with this woke movement, uh, whatever you want to call it. Yes, there are situations where it is called for, and you know, the Tomahawk chop, changing the name of the Cleveland Indians, if that's what you want to do, the Washington Redskins to me even more so. There's some great and noble movements. But when you get something like this and you go overboard, it hurts the original the original intent. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it's, people it are, muddies are the so whole th- thing. That's right. People get so sick of this shit that when it comes to something genuine, it's like, oh, more of this. And the damage they're doing, it's, well... It's almost immeasurable, really, because somebody like Gwen Stefani now has to defend herself against really nothing this morning. And the problem is with social media and Twitter and all these things, too many, you know, you've got to leave stuff like this to the thinkers. There's too many people who have a voice now that take something like this and destroy it. Well, I was going to say, and what the, the mm-hmm. other thing, the other, I'll tell you the real damage it does because it's it's going to damage zero Japanese. I, well, I shouldn't I, say yeah, that. I, yeah, I, you're I, probably hard pressed to find yeah, a Japanese okay. person and, that would have a problem with this. I, I mean, I, you, I'm sure there's going to be some Japanese right. millennials that are like, yes, we felt put upon by Gwen Stefani's, but for the most part, mm-hmm. the Japanese culture, one of the strongest. Uh, you know, powers on earth. But here's the real problem. It gives those people like the Tucker Carlson's and like the right wing media. It gives them another thing to jump on and go, see, this woke culture is overblown. Listen, I know a lot of rational people that Mm -hmm. think, 
You know, I, I hear this phrase all the time from a lot of guys our age. Oh, another example of woke culture. Listen, there's something, there are some necessitations in woke culture. There absolutely is. There has been a lot of imbalance, but, but this isn't one of them. But the problem is it screws up. It makes it all seem dumb. Do you know what I mean? Well, it becomes irrational. That's right. the problem. Right. You have the, again, you have these situations where it's called for. Yeah, it's time to have a look, you know, where we are now today in society. It's a time to have a look at that. Yes, uh, absolutely it is. But then it becomes irrational and ruins everything. Well, that's I what I mean. The, I, w- I wish they would catch on to that. Well, and you know what that reporter did? I don't know, inadvertently mm. or overtly, but by taking that quote... It's just giving them the juice I get that I guess that they wanted, but I'm sure um, Gwen Stefani was horrified by this because you know that really wasn't the spirit it was intended. You know, no. just think about what you said. My father used to travel there. I grew up mm-hmm. thinking it was an amazing culture. I've always had an affinity for it. <laughs> Maybe I feel like I'm Japanese. Yeah. You know, you know well, I told, you told the stories. Yeah, I played at a golf course for 16 years. I was in Woodbridge. You know, I'd never spent much time around Italian people, but for 16 years, I was close to a lot of people from that culture. And I used to joke with him because the, the course was mainly Italians, some Jewish people, a lot of Koreans. My, I, I'm not supposed to tell you that they were there. But I would joke with these Italians that after as long as I've played there, I feel like I'm Italian because I learned about culture. I knew about what the, the right peppers to put on the sausage. I knew a lot of Italian gambling games. I got invited to uh, some uh, stags in the uh, Italian cultural center there. So I say it, it's a, it's a, it's a form of affinity, of affection. Yeah, and that's what she think. was trying to say. She said it with affection. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, what about UB40? I know there was a couple of black guys in the band, but... What about them? What about uh, Bedouin Sound Clash? What about early police? What about the satellites doing reggae? What they about that? Yeah. They didn't really have Hamilton a lot. Is- about 10 CCs, one of their most famous songs is Dreadlock Holiday. There's so no what, black guys. Yeah. What if these bands just, you know, were formed today? What would the reaction be? And, and, and this cultural appropriation. So if you have a black person that sings a white person's song, you, you, and I, I'm saying that that's a stretch, but I'm just saying it's such a slippery slope. You can start asking questions about everything. Everybody's just got to relax a bit. Jesus Christ. The example I gave you, too, is like Rolling yeah. Stones. You know, you talk because you brought yeah. up George Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, this is before the show. And I said, well, the Rolling Stones famously credited so many black artists for influencing their sound. Keith Richards talking about the way he plays and how it's influenced by different blues artists that they admired. One of my favorite uh, uh, Stone songs, Harlem Shuffle. There you go. Anyway, but, but yeah, anyway. The, the trouble, the trouble, guys, guys, the trouble is... Mm. Like anything else, it you you, you it, it, some, it starts with a great idea that we should be more um, sensitive, and it, and it's, it happens every every generation does it. The sixties, the hippies were like, hey, mm-hmm. that was a, that was their woke, and that's what it's funny. Sometimes I'm talking to my older brother, and he's what was their work woke? Well, the, the age of um, acceptance and peace and oh. love. That you know that was a whole that was a woke. Their version of being woke. Yep, yep, yep. 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 But the problem with our version, the thing we're living through now, is 
There are new rules because in the 60s, the new rules were grow your hair long. Think about the things that they went against the culture. They they their new their their new way of being was grow your hair long, take drugs, drop out. Music was different. Our version now is, you know, pronouns are different. Trans rights are different. A lot of things have come up and have bubbled up in the last 10 years that would, would have not been around in the 60s. Well, exactly. And the problem is too many dunderheads have a voice now, which wreck, which again hurts the hurts the, the cause. Root, I agree. Hurts the hurts the root cause. It's it's too bad. The irony is a lot of the guys and gals from the 60s who are now in their 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. they're pushing back now because they're the establishment. Uh, yeah, I had lunch uh with Ruder yesterday and Chris Emanuel and at one point, we were talking about social media, and he was saying he doesn't deal with it a lot. And uh, I said, oh, and he said, yeah. He said, I don't fucking care about other people's opinions. I just don't. If I want your opinion, I'll ask it. Yeah. But I don't need to be reading your opinion all the time or getting your opinion because I don't want it. And I think more and more people are are going there because you get you just get so much of it that it's like enough, you know? I get it. And and that's why I said in this conversation, mm-hmm. I don't think right. this Gwen Stefani story mm-hmm. ha- is going to have a lot of legs, traction, whatever you reporters oh, yeah. call it. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where, where, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, especially when the Me Too movement erupted, it erupted for a really good reason, because men fucking Weinstein, the guy from the Today Show, on and on, because they hadn't, there needed to be a reckoning. Now, of course, like any reckoning, sometimes it swings so far that you don't know what you can say, but it's, my point being, it was grounded and rooted in good intentions and for a really good cause. And I will say, and you and I witnessed it, that Me Too movement and looking after, you know, considering women's rights and feelings and abuse, it started before social media. It started, remember, our first taste of it was early 2000s at, at Mojo with the calendars yep. and stuff like that. It's, it started then. Um, and think about this, Freddie. What was yeah. going on with Voldemort, disgraced broadcaster John Derringer, okay. what was going on with him? Started in the early 2000s, just, but there was no, so I'll tell you what, if there was social media and if there was a woke media a movement, a Me Too movement in 2001, 2 and 3, all of those women would have been, because oh, right. it, it, it took till mm-hmm. last year for Jennifer Valentine to break the yes. seal of it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a week from today, Maureen Holloway is going to be guest fretting. And I think the last I saw a little messages between Boone and I. I think our guest that day is going to be Jackie Delaney. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about other stuff, but I'm definitely going to take that opportunity to have a little bit of a, and I'm hoping they're going to be good with it because I, I know Jackie will, but I'm not sure where Maureen's head is at, but I want to definitely have a little bit of chitty chat about what was going on. And I will, here's mm-hmm. what I would do. I will use this subject as an entree to it. You know, have things gone too far is woke you know, media uh, overdone. But as I said at the beginning of that little essay, it's in the whole Me Too movement was based on things that needed to change. You know what's good about next week? 
other than the fact I'll be on a beach and uh, DR. When you do that show, you know, a lot of the initial response to Jennifer Valentine coming out and then Maureen Holloway having something to say and then Jackie Delaney, a lot of the response, like on the Q107 pages and stuff was, they weren't believed. Yeah. People lined up behind John. <laughs> no, I know. Which was, which was fat. The good point, the good part of this is you witnessed it. I won't be there. Uh, we witnessed it. You witnessed it. And you actually had dialogue with people that were going through it at the time. So it's not like they're not making it up. Oh, yeah. You know, they're not pulling it out of their asses. He is not innocent. You are proof that it took place. Well, that will be interesting. And again, I'm going to correspond with Maureen because I don't want her to be uncomfortable. But I, I'm just going to say it's going to be very difficult for us to have a conversation on oh, this show without talking about that from some standpoint. And I will start. Mm-hmm. That's by the way. Thanks for reminding me that I will start with the comments that I've read. You've read mm-hmm. on the on the Q page. I'll tell you what, as recently mm-hmm. as when the ruling came out from that company, the consultant company that had said, well, we've done the you know, we've done the investigation and these are the findings. And then the page was filled with, come on, what was the big deal? You know, she shouldn't have been there. Like literally, and women. That was the weird part. Well, women weren't believing these women, which is just so odd. Well, they didn't want to live, you know, that age old radio thing. It becomes a habit. Your morning show, it becomes part of your life. They're your friends. Every morning you spend time with them. People didn't want to lose that. And the response of some was, oh, I refuse to believe it. Believe it because I don't want to lose John. I mean, and on some level you can understand that. But the problem is, and listen, often people are accused of something and deny and i'm just before we get on to our emails i want to show another story along similar lines um people just don't want to lose that so their initial reaction is you know the perpetrator denies and the people that love him line up behind them and then the story comes out and again it gets to next thursday when maureen's on yeah like yeah she has a story jackie has a story and you can back it up mm-hmm. that's right <laughs> what more do you want right what, what, what more proof would you need well we're all yeah. lying mm-hmm. i guess that's what you could say well they're all you know mm-hmm. you know those jews uh what's the other story before we get to our emails <clears throat> a republican um. strategist alleges that matt Schlapp, the influential chairman of the American Conservative Union, mm-hmm. groped and fondled his groin as he drove Schlapp back to an Atlanta hotel several weeks before the November midterm election. The strategist, a male in his late 30s, says that uh, he was working on the Herschel Walker campaign, so he's a conservative. No, I read the uh, story. Says yeah. the Schlapp went uh, made uh, <laughs> unwanted. By the way, I love the way you say Schlapp. <laughs> made an unwanted sexual advance towards yeah. his uh, cock-a-doodle-doo. Khaki. And, of course, uh, Schlapp's people have denied it. Out of the well, gate. Obviously, yeah. but, but now they have texts from this kid at the moment, was totally freaked out by it, didn't know what to do. He was happy to have this job, happy to be part of the, the machine, and now this creep, you know, tries to fondle him. And then wanted him to come back to his hotel, and he refused. And then he's thinking, now am I going to lose my job? And what if I say something about this? To his credit, he was he has come out. But the point I want to make through this, 
And I want to put to bed this CNN Fox stuff, although you'll never put it to bed for all the dunderheads that like Fox. During this Joe Biden document, and they found a second set now, right? Of Biden documents. Oh, come on, guys. CNN is all over it. That story. Yes, I know. Unlike Fox was all over the Trump one. They are all over it, and they're being critical, and they're saying this could be bad, and they're, they're trying to show the differences, and now that there's a second set, it's like, you know what I mean? He's, he's going to have to go through what Trump is. There's no getting around it. Ultimately, they may be different, but he's going to have to face the consequences. They're being a news service. Yeah. To that this point. Sto- oh, go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> no. This, this slap story, try, slap. And find that on, try and find that on Fox News. Well, you won't. Here's the thing. I saw right. a breakdown. Yeah. Because I was aware, I, I wasn't aware until this second about the second set of documents. I mean, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. There's more documents. <laughs> There's more documents. But I did look at the breakdown, and this surprised me. The breakdown of time spent, CNN, NBC, and Fox on the Joe Biden document story, double the time was spent on CNN than Fox and NBC. Now, you couldn't take that metrics and apply it to the Trump thing. And by the way, if you, again, not to get into politics, but it's not the same. It's similar, but different. The, the difference, the main one being that when, when the Biden uh, archivists found these documents, they said, hey, these are classified. We need to give them back. The Trump people were asked for documents and they said, no, we don't have them. We don't have documents for a year. They said they denied they had these fucking things. Anyway, there's a lot more than that. But no, but but your point is a good one. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a strategy taking place here, too, um, as far as Fox go in the right. They're not going nut bar on the Joe Biden stuff. Right. Because if they don't go over the top on Joe Biden. You know, it, it 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 buys into their original stance of not going crazy. Like it's Trump. not that big a deal. Yeah, not that big a deal, right? So they've tempered their reaction because to protect Trump. Listen, and the guy, we're gonna do the emails here, mm-hmm. but we got time today because it's just us. Dan's not gonna be here for the news. The 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 other story. Um, everything you need to know about the right versus the left in America is this: they've got this guy George Santos, who is just literally one lie after another. It there it's undeniable proof after proof after proof. the Republican Party of Nassau County, the district he was elected out of. The Republican Party, the people that worked on the guy's campaign, they've come out and said we think this guy should. Resign, and if you don't know the story, but it's it's it is fascinating just how many mm-hmm. blatant bald faced lies he told in his campaign. From the fact that he, he's telling people he's Jewish to he worked for these big finance firms, it's it's very very dense. It's not one. He, he might be in, he's under investigation for a crime in another country. He's obviously disturbed. He, he is yes. And here's the reason that I, I bring it up is because Kevin McCarthy. The uh, new speaker of the mm-hmm. uh, house there. Mm-hmm. He knew all that and did nothing because he knew he needed that guy's votes to get elected speaker. But the fact that they won't now get rid of them is also because they have a narrow majority in that house and right. they can ill afford to go to a recount, which they think they would lose. Mm-hmm. 
so the rest of us are out there, you know, I mean, we all tell little white lies from time to time, but if that guy, George Santos, told those lies to, to apply for a company, as soon as they, mm. excuse me, as soon as they found that out, he'd be fired. But in politics, he's now buddies with Gates and Boebert and that whole freedom asshole caucus. Like that's so, it, it's, again, it's disgusting. I know I get worked on. I know, I know up, but Ma- it is. McCarthy's uh, response yesterday, just yesterday, after all this stuff was exposed, and the Santos guy shows up in Washington, Washington was, this is a democracy. He was elected by the people of his district. This is a democracy. Yeah, I know. And walks and then exactly, and then uh, walks away. All right. Uh, I like Gwen Stefani. I don't care. I like a holler back girl. Uh, before we get to our emails today, Freddie, let's holler back to these fine folks that give us the support we so richly deserve each and every day. Okay, uh, let's talk about Bodog. Yes, Bodog. Uh, we've been looking at some of the games this weekend, the NFL games, the wild card games. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, big favorite, minus 440. Okay, an eight-point pick. Uh, yesterday, too, I said that uh, the Chargers were the only road team to be favored. I'm sorry I was corrected by one of our Humble and Fred listeners, downloaders. Dallas also a, uh, a road team that's favored. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. This program brought to you by GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain Easily create your website and start selling online. Sell online, guys. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. There's no better time than right now to get your ideas online. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and bring it to life, as I've mentioned now twice. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free. For free! No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. All right, uh, Thursdays on the program. It's uh, become tradition, tradition to uh, look back at some of the comments we get. They come in, you know, pretty much daily. But rather than daily acknowledge them, we like to uh, take a second on Thursdays and say hi, guys, to all the fine folks that listen to our program daily. And uh, lots of different subjects have come up. It's interesting to see. I I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm going through them, I'm like, oh, yeah, we talked about (laughs) Do you ever do that? I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, we talked about that. Right. Right. But uh, right off the uh, top, our longtime He'd be a Humdi peer, wouldn't he? Oh, for sure. He's got so OG status, Chris K, for sure. Yeah. Hi, guys. Just letting you know, my wife, Gabriella, and I took some friends out for uh, for dinner at Kelsey's in Oakville last weekend. Restaurant uh, was my choice solely due to your affiliation with them. Had not been to a Kelsey's for years before that. 
I had what was uh, one of the best uh, veggie burgers I have ever had with the delicious kettle chips. Yeah, those kettle chips are good. And he said to his credit, he said, no, uh, no need to read this on the show. Just wanted to share my support for the show and the sponsors. We will be back. P.S. Next time Jeff Merrick is on, please ask him why my blue jackets stink every year. <laughs> of course, my question would be, how do you become a blue jacket fan, especially when you live in this area? But where, I've had conversations with him. Yeah, he loves the blue jackets. Where are they, Columbus? Yeah. Yeah. It just seems uh, unlike, like you can see Habs, Bruins, right? Like, it seems a bit out of the way. <laughs> but, but hey, Chris, hey, whatever Chris K wants is good with us. Thanks, Chris K. Uh, Jen Kelly, who has become uh, one of our main audio contributors. I love her subject line, Jen Kelly, HPIT. And it took me a second because we're old. When I first saw that this morning, I was like, HPIT. And then I realized, oh, yeah, Hundy P in training. Oh, cool. Because mm-hmm. uh, this will come up uh, several times as a theme this morning on the email segment. But we had been talking about, you know, people that have been listening to us for a long time. Anyway, she says, uh, whoops, over 45 second story. I guess I should talk faster. My bad. Uh, totally forgot to mention that the jingle that you guys posted to Facebook page from the sisters was absolutely amazing. It was so well done. Uh, have a great rest of the week. Uh, Jen, HPIT. Uh, and here's Jen's message. Hi, guys. It's Jen Kelly. How are you? Just want to take a minute and thank you guys. Usually it's to talk about things that I agree with or disagree with, but I really just want to thank you because I'm trying to cut back on the use of my cell phone, which actually is pretty easy now because it was stolen yesterday. What a nightmare that is. But I want to thank you for doing all the research and reading and listening and everything that you do to bring us what's happening in this crazy world. So I've actually condensed my life to just listening to you guys so I can be that hundy pee forever and learn about everything that's going on, whether it's weather, politics, entertainment, sports, whatever. I will say about sports, you guys never talk about the Raptors. However, I just want to thank you so much. You've mentioned it many times about how hard it is to do a podcast, and I firmly believe that, and I thank you for all of your efforts. So keep up the great work, and if you're looking for some happy news, check out the app Goodable. Take care, guys. Have a great rest of the week. Um, Well, thank you, uh, Jen. First of all, Mm -hmm. I I would just say you're right. We are a full-service podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and she's right too about another thing uh, I was out mm-hmm. for uh, I had a nice night the other night with my uh, daughter's boyfriend we're talking about uh, about a lot of things and then they, we we're talking about sports at the end and what sports we both like and he said because he's a Raptors fan and I said of dude course. I haven't heard like nothing about the Raptors and he's like yeah you're not missing anything it's they're just not they're not doing much this year no no, they've struggled. They've won their last two, I believe, but before that, uh, yeah, major struggles, major struggles. But that's a real generational thing. Um, like even my my son Danny, who he works with the Raptors as well, so he might be a little biased. But you know, the conversation you have with that age group, like between the Leafs and Raptors, it's like really. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I didn't we, hockey didn't come up in our conversation. What came mm-hmm. up was uh, football because he loves the NFL. And I was talking right. to him about my renewed interest in the Bills. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about uh, a little bit of basketball and then baseball. I was telling mm-hmm. him about how you and I, mm-hmm. uh, we had a chance to go to a, I went to a couple of baseball games last summer and talked about his 
you know, what he thought about baseball. But I, I just realized now that Leafs never came up in the conversation. Uh, anyway, thank you very much, Jan. Yeah, no. That's not what I wanted. Here we go. And Hi, uh, to answer your Hi, question, guys. this is Hi, another guys. audio file. Hi, guys. Yeah, you mentioned who it's from. Yes, Mike Bertrand. Uh, he says his two cents on a subject. <laughs> Morning, guys. Mikey B here from Milton. Uh, I'm with Fred Ball. I have not missed an episode since the very beginning. Uh, so I don't know. I think uh, calling anybody else Hundy Peas other than the people who actually listened from the beginning is a little unfair to the folks that have been here for over 10 years. Yeah. Just by two cents. Thanks, Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listened to that this morning. I wanted to hear what you thought first. Uh-huh. I've already formed a thought or two, but what do you think? Yeah, he makes a point. Yeah. Because Hundy P connotes a hundred percenter. Yeah. That's what we called people before mm-hmm. we called them Hundy P's. We were calling this group hundred percenters. Sort of black and right, right? You are, you are, you aren't. And then, on the other hand, you've got people like uh, Jen Kelly and others. Mm. So you're going you're to hear some other emails from people that, from the time they discovered us, mm. they've listened to us every episode. So mm. they, in their, like, they don't have the full 10 or 11 years status that a guy like Bertrand or Bill, uh, Ballsy has. But they have Hundy P status of a sort. So that's why I said when we brought it up last week, we really need to come up with a another phrase and she mentions hundy p in training or uh, hundy p jr maybe i don't know but again that alludes to, that takes away from the actual hundy p because hundy means a hundred percent uh how about a fundy p no that's okay. <laughs> as you can tell by my reaction uh, mm-hmm. no i'm a fundy p. what does <laughs> that mean I don't that think... means i've i haven't listened to all the shows but no but the ones i've listened to are fun <laughs> Fundy P. Uh, this next Hi one guys. I will explain. It's from uh, Hi guys. another regular. I don't know what status Joe Syke has, but I'll tell you, it's pretty good. He says, just simply, the subject line says George. And we had been talking about something. It's funny. I had just recently rewatched the uh, Judd Apatow, George Carlin um, documentary. Right. Uh, just a little, and what 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 Joe Syke is uh, referring to is uh, an interesting uh, talk uh, from George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Why isn't it playing? I've had it all queued up, all fucking. Planet is fine. The people are fucked. <laughs> Difference. Difference. The planet is fine. Compared to the people, the planet is doing great. It's been here four and a half billion years. Did you ever think about the arithmetic? Planet has been here four and a half billion years. We've been here, what, 100,000? Maybe 200,000? And we've only been engaged in heavy industry for a little over 200 years. 200 years versus four and a half billion. And we have the conceit to think that somehow we're a threat? 
that somehow we're going to put in jeopardy this beautiful little blue-green ball that's just afloating around the sun. The planet has been through a lot worse than us. Been through all kinds of things worse than us. Been through earthquakes, volcanoes, plate tectonics, continental drift, solar flares, sunspots, magnetic storms, the magnetic reversal of the poles, hundreds of thousands of years of bombardment by comets and asteroids and meteors, worldwide floods, tidal waves, worldwide fires, erosion, cosmic rays, recurring ice ages, and we think some plastic bags <laughs> and some aluminum cans are going to make a difference? Yeah, I just thought that. Was, I, I, I wanted to go to that part because it, uh, yeah, it's pretty, I mean, I don't, you know, you can agree or disagree, but that's some good stand-up right there, man. You know, when that was new or fresh, or I, man, yeah, I agree. Of but course. It's funny, yeah. it's so many years later, it's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, the comeback one that I would recommend, because George Carlin kind of went away for a while in the 80s. And then when he came back in, two, er, in 1992 was the first when HBO started doing specials with these stand-up com- comedians. Mm-hmm. And it was called Jammin' in New York. And it was, it's something else. And they're interviewing guys like Bill Burr. And Bill Burr talked about having to go, he was going to go see George Carlin to sort of mock him. <laughs> he's like that. He's going, yeah, we were going to go there and mock him. You know, the, hey, the words, these things, blah, blah. And then we go there and he kind of says, George comes out and it's like a howitzer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it said it, it changed the way Bill Burr thought of not only George Carlin, but about how he could do stand up. Went there to mock him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, like, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, we're going to share this guys. one because it's so ridiculous. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, you read the beginning, and then I'll start at the first uh, asterisk. Okay, well, this is from uh, Darren Waslick, who is uh, a, a good friend of yours, friend of mine. He's going to be my travel buddy. Uh, this winter, we're going to hang out a little bit uh, all together, you and I and Darren. He says, uh, the subject line, various ailments and medical procedures. Hi, guys. Just checking in to thank you for all the compelling content concerning your various ailments and medical procedures of late. These have included, but not limited to, Howard's burning urine issue and Fred's warning that he will likely require a medical procedure that involves slipping a wire snake and camera device high up into his pee-pee hole. I look back at Dan's hideous varicose veins and post-op recovery program that required him to wear pantyhose. Fred's wart. Howard's heart palpitations. Dan's facial examination. Fecal. And subsequ- huh? Fecal. Oh, fecal. <laughs> I was thinking of the chainsaw. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? You should be a fundy pee. <laughs> <laughs> I saw facial. I was thinking. Of anyway, Dan's fecal examination and subsequent discovery of the wooden test strip in Howard's dishwasher. True, man. Mm-hmm. Fred's turp procedure and time spent with the colostomy bag. Howard's stomach lining <laughs> and gas explosion concerns. There was even a fun little trip down memory lane to reflect on Dan's chainsaw accident and near mutilation of his face. Although I've been uh, out of the marketing and uh, promotion game for a while now, I can't help but think there's an opportunity here for a humble and Fred, what's your 
ailment segment uh, where your aging listeners can write in to compete for cash and prizes while they still have some time. I love this idea. By the way, if you're a, if you're a real old-time Humble and Fred listener, I think it was Darren's idea to bury me alive. So he knows promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Darren says, perhaps this opens the door to a funeral home sponsorship where Humble and Fred will emcee your service. Just a thought. Keep it in. Keep up the good work. Straight ahead. I love this one. E-guards. Yeah, I love that, too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, fuck you, Dan. <laughs> fuck. So I, I actually like straight ahead and e-guards. Wasn't there somebody we worked for that was the straight ahead guy? I can't remember I think that. it was the same guy, to tell you the truth. Oh, was it? Yes, I think so. Yeah, the e-guards, that was way back in the early part of... Uh, yeah, that was the little general. Yeah, the little general who thought that was cool to put e-guards, e-guards. instead of regards on on emails in their infancy. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, thank you, Darren, and uh, for all your uh, hilarity. Uh, let's move on, uh, Fred. Why don't you take this? Subject matter is the boots. This is from our buddy Mike. Uh, the boots, galoshes, fucking galoshes. I'm sorry, sorry. I think it's Mike Sidich. Yes, galoshes, fucking galoshes. Uh, those were the boots. When my brother died recently, I grabbed them from his garage, didn't tell his wife, and burned those things. I smiled as they melted. Uh, sure, my brother was too. Kind regards, Mike Sittage. Yeah, we were talking about, I was talking about my dad and men mm-hmm. of that ilk used to wear, you know, dress shoes because he worked in a menswear store. And he would put his feet in those rubber boots that zipped up mm-hmm. over your shoes. But uh, I don't know. Is that what he's saying? That those were called galoshes? I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Anyway, he's always great I hearing. I think anything, anything of that ilk, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from John Spolstra. Spolstra. Just a uh, quick uh, update. So let me start by saying thanks for continuing to do the Humble and Fred show. You're welcome. He says he loves it. I was a listener to the show during the edge years and then lost touch and hear- until hearing you on Funny 820 a few years ago. Remember that experiment? That subsequently led me to your podcast, which I've been following ever since. So here's a guy. So we started on Funny some three or four years ago. So he's a Hundy P since then. Maybe that's what they should do. For the ones, so if you're original, like an OG Hundy P, you can call yourself a Hundy P. But if you're a new Hundy P, you have to put the um, additional Hundy P 2022. Like that gives you uh, Hundy P status, but only from that year. What do you think? Oh, from the year you started. From the so. year you started. Oh, that's a good idea. So Hundy P. Say, hey, look, here we have an Hundy P 17. Right. Something like that. Or a Hundy P 19. Yes. And that, that gives the guys like Mike and Ballsy uh, OG status there because they're, they're just Hundy mm. P's. But someone mm. like John, he could be a Hundy P 2021. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he went to travel to uh, California and uh, didn't have a data plan for the state. So he, tried to, he decided to try Gig Sky after hearing us talk about it on the show so many times. Downloaded the app on my phone. And once I arrived at SFO Airport, selected the data plan I wanted, confirmed a couple of things and was connected with data in less than 60 seconds, all while waiting for my bags at the carousel. So easy. My one gig of data lasted the entire week of navigating the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I will definitely be using Gig Sky again says John, the next time I travel outside of Canada. The only reason I knew about Gig Sky was because of your show. 
So thank you very much and stay strong. Johnny from Cambridge. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very Hi, good. guys. Did you not Hi pick guys. up your new hotspot yesterday, hotshot? Yes, I did. Yes, my, yes, I did. My gateway to the world? Is, is this what you're asking? It's exactly what I'm asking. Yes, uh, this in from the Baldwin sisters. Hi, guys. We're so glad that you enjoyed the rewrite of the Christmas classic. Thanks for the sweet comments and good wishes and for sharing it on your Facebook post. Still trying to think of a good comeback comment, though. <laughs> laugh out loud. Blush, blush, blush. Laugh out loud. Uh, <laughs> we hope any tests go well for Humble Howard. And uh, all is well with uh, Freddie P. Thank you very much, Baldwin sisters. They say, P.S., we're adding palma pasta to the list now. Definitely got to get some of that uh, biscotti. Right on. Yeah, they got a lot of good stuff there at palma pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to answer your question, Baldwin sisters, uh, most recent tests have gone well, although I do have some more tests uh, slated for next week. You know. I, said, <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said to Ruder yesterday, I think, oh, didn't... Uh, I think uh, Howard has another doctor appointment tomorrow on Rudra's head. Well, I bet you the doctor's looking forward to that. <laughs> That's right. I, I go there every day now. I just go. I just go. Hi I'm just there every day. Like, why not? Uh, this one is from Ed Lubkin. Yeah. Uh, the subject matter, uh, subject line, Newfoundland itinerary. Hey, guys, longtime listener. Heard you, heard you talking about Newfoundland the other day, and I thought I should send you the itinerary that they did as a family almost 10 years ago. No family or friends there, but one of my favorite places in the country. People, culture, scenery, his, history, hospitality, the list goes on. A uh, bit of a planner, so probably more detail than you need. And I didn't include it here, but I, we appreciate it, Ed. Uh, he says, um, listen to the first travel podcast today and looking forward to more. Happy travels, Ed Lovekin. No, that's you know what. Um, personally, I really appreciate the fact that he sent uh, that uh, itinerary forward because often when I'm going somewhere and I know somebody else has been there, I say, "Do you have an itinerary? Do you have something that I I could follow?" And uh, again, that's high on my list of uh, travel wants. So that's great. Thank you very much for that, Eddie. You know, you do something. I've been doing it longer than me, but you do something. That when you first told me about it, I thought it was odd, but now I do it all the time. You know what it is. Yeah, I when I'm going to a restaurant, I look at the menu before I go. I never used to do that, but you mm-hmm. you were the first person I mm-hmm. had heard that, that. I'm sure other people did, but I didn't know anyone. And now I rarely will go to a restaurant without having figured out what I would could possibly eat before I go there, which is sort of analogous to like now you've got we've mm-hmm. got a guy Ed with an mm-hmm. entire itinerary of stuff that mm-hmm. we might be able to sample before mm-hmm. we go. And again, Aging with Energy, the old guy's travel show. I mean, in a sense, those are itineraries as well. So if you scroll through and see a place you'd like to visit, we touch on a lot of the, you know, the hot points that uh, make those places interesting. Mm-hmm. I always just like to say, what a difference you made in my life. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This Hi is guys. from... Uh, OG Hundy P. OG Hundy P. Michael Parker. Don't need a certificate unless you do decide to go forward with it, but I am an OG. 
Nice. Okay. Very nice. Very simple, short, and sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one is from Gwen Spencer, and uh, she sent me a picture of her house with a bunch of cupboards open because I was talking about mm. the fact that Dan, my roommate, my my, uh, it's like having your son that came back to live with you. He's uh, he just leaves the cupboards open. She said, I laughed when I came into the kitchen this morning and there was a bunch of cupboards open. My first thought was, damn, Dan Duran is taken. We are clearly meant for each other. Ha! Once my husband had passed, sorry to hear that, I realized how many times my husband had quietly shut all the doors I leave open. And then she puts in brackets, without complaining, just saying, Howard. Well, the difference is, Gwen, I'm not married to Dan. Mm-hmm. I'm not his mother. But you have a you have a problem in your house where... The cupboard doors are hard to close. Yes, <laughs> that's right. My doors don't close. They, they put up too much resistance. That was Dan's, I said that to Dan. I said, why can't you just shut the covers? He goes, well, I'm used to a more uh, efficient uh, cupboard door. Oh, are you? Okay. Well, sorry. Hi, what? Oh, yeah. Hi, oh, yeah. Holy shit. He didn't like the efficiency of my cupboard doors. Uh, next one is you. <laughs> Something to ask Tony about from Greg Chawadi. Uh, this is long. Uh, yeah, it's long. This maybe to summarize. It's a bunch of Jordan Peterson shit. Yeah, and- Jordan Peterson and disciplinary, disciplinary action from the College of Psychologists, in my opinion, uh, talk about manipulative statements. How does the leader of the Conservative Party have such knowledge of what should be an entirely private disciplinary process? Because... Uh, the problem is he's licensed as a psychologist in Ontario, uh, Jordan Peterson, and, uh, you know, he's through social media has been saying stuff that, you know, the psychologists, whoever they are in Ontario, uh, the College of Psychologists or whatever, say, you know, it's over the line. You know, it's it's not good behavior for a man of your status, basically. So they're talking about maybe removing his license. And then uh, Pierre Poliev has come out and, of course, said, well, this is a freedom of speech issue and everything. I can't get into this, Howard, and I've seen it in the news the past couple of days, because whenever I see Jordan Peterson talk, I have a concern for the guy. He doesn't seem right to me. There seems something off. He seems, well, I'm going to use the word again, disturbed or something. So I can't look at him without thinking there's something not right here. So. I've been uh, tried. I'm similar. I, I've tried to get into this story. I uh, thought, well, should we bring it up on the show? Mm-hmm. I tried to get into some Jordan Peterson a few years ago. And, you know, um, you can't deny he's a bright human being. He has the odd, interesting thing to say. But I, I'm with you. Like, he always seems a bit off and angry and, and mm-hmm. very tight. And, you know, and I know the, the a lot of guys on the right, the Joe Rogan mob, they love him, man. And. Mm-hmm. And I'm, but I don't relate to very much of what he has to say. Mm-hmm. You talk about Joe Rogan, and you know, sometimes you need reinforcement. Take Joe Rogan, for example. You know, our buddy, um, Chris Emanuel. I yes. love him. He's such, you know what I mean? He's a rational, even keeled, intelligent man. He is. And we're talking yesterday, and just offhand, he said, and then Joe Rogan, he's an idiot. And I thought, I love hearing that, because so often I think Joe Rogan's an idiot. Mm -hmm. But there seems to be this feeling out there that Joe, the guy with the big podcast, you know, leads the way, the most successful podcast ever or something. A lot like Howard Stern, you never criticize him. He's the guy. He's the benchmark. 
You criticize him, who are you? You can only dream of being of that status. Well, that doesn't apply. I mean, we're all entitled to our opinion, and that's my opinion on Joe Rogan. The same as Chris's. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff in the Joe Rogan universe that it, it sort of has an InfoWars vibe to it with totally me. Mm-hmm. I will say this, and I respect Chris's opinion, and I have a similar mm-hmm. one. I will say this about Joe Rogan. His stand-up, like prior to the Joe Rogan that we're mm-hmm. now all exposed to, right? this fucking wacky podcaster extraordinaire, um, I got back into his stand-up about five or six years ago. It's really good. He's really good at that. And uh, a lot. he's very well-respected in that world. Um, but he has morphed into something completely different. Yes, and let me say this as well. Um, I have nothing re- but respect for it. You cannot argue with success, be it Joe Rogan, Howard Stern, whatever. You may not like it or may not agree with it or wonder why they have that success. You can't argue with it. Well, you could say the same thing about Jordan Peterson. There's a success that yep. he's had. He's garnered a following. But like <clears throat> your uh, well, like you well said, what you well said, this, that, I just doesn't. He doesn't vibe with me. Right. As you well <clears throat> said, <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonder we're not more popular. Hi guys. Uh, this comes from Hi David guys. Kilner. Hi guys. Hi guys. It's a pretty long story. But um, the uh, subject line is Damar Hamlin. Let me see if I can uh, sum it up. He was playing hockey in Bob Cajun a few years ago, I guess adult hockey, and one of his teammates went down, and everyone could see that the guy was turning blue and unconscious. So Dave, our listener, went off and got those AED machines, those pads, you know, all these rinks have them now. Anyway, he comes back on the bench and he, he gives the guy shock, you know, boom, boom, clear, like on TV. Nothing happens. And, and the guy's unconscious. And so Dave did it again. At this time, the player who had had this incident started to breathe and his eyes opened and he came back and was kind of talking and wondering what had gone on, what had gone on. The ambulance arrived and the medics later said, if we did not do what we did then, he would not have made it because the, play, the player had a pacemaker and a, a defibrillator inserted into his chest. Um, and the player, a retired fire captain, was so grateful for what I did, says Dave, that uh, I received a special lightning bolt from the mayor of Lindsay, and the fire guy uh, gave me and my wife a special dinner at the man's house. Well, it must be something to save someone's life. By the way, Dave Kilner, former manager of the Tin Palace Park. I remember I... Oh, let's never forget Did that. I meet him? No. Uh, maybe, somewhere along the line. No, no, I'm sorry. There was oh. another guy that came up. When I was visiting you last summer, someone came over from the park that wanted to say hi to Oh, that hi was the other us. guy. Okay. That's the current owners, but... Uh, oh, no. Um, no, I'm sorry. That was Jim Miller, who works with them. Yes. Yeah, I'll say um, this, though. If I save your life with the, with the, 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 the paddles... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a little more than a special dinner at your mm-hmm. house. I mean, come on! I saved your life. What you're gonna mm-hmm. make me some pot roast? <laughs> you know, like not even take me to the keg or some shit. Kelsey's. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you got to remember. Most people are sort of bashful and you know humble and you know. Oh, don't worry about me. Of course, we're not like that. <laughs> well, we, we definitely would want the keg. <laughs> the thing at is, least. We say we're not like that. Well, we'd be pretending like, oh, yeah, don't worry. But secretly, we'd be like, come on, man, throw a, not a, th- a couple of thousand bucks. I'd want dim sum. 
Actually, fuck yeah. Um, uh, um, you know, and this will be the third time I mentioned Chris Emanuel. Yesterday during our lunch, he also told a story. He saved someone's life as well. Of course he has. CPR on the ice. A guy collapsed at a hockey game. And so of all the one, you know, on top of all the other wonderful things that is Chris Emanuel, mm. he saved a man's life. Plus, did you hear this, Howard? Damar Hamlin there's speculation that he could lead the Bills out of the tunnel. Come on. Yeah, not playing. He's no. not going to play. But no, I mean, mean, no, I mean, come yeah, on, even yeah. like running onto the field. Mm-hmm. People are going to lose their minds. Yeah, they're, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's out there. I, I think it would be great because he went home yesterday, right? And he's like, he's going to continue his rehab at home and at the Bills facility, not even at a hospital. So... Gives you an idea how one can rebound from such things. Well, you know, I said that the other day, like there's, you know, people have heart attacks and resume their lives pretty quickly. And he being a high level, you know, super in shape young man. Mm -hmm. uh, Anyway, all jokes aside, Dave Kilner, uh, I think it's amazing that uh, you had the presence of mind in that situation to go get those paddles Mm -hmm. because oftentimes you know, the, that DeMar incident, the, the people that got to DeMar uh, Hamlin mm-hmm. on that field immediately knew exactly what to do. Somebody was doing chest compressions on that guy for nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a bunch of people out there in the world that are better than us, obviously, that know how to do shit. You know, and they just, and Dave Kilner is one of them. And again, jokey jokes aside about the pot roast, that's pretty uh, amazing. And congratulations for all the good work you do. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, subject line, January 4th show. This again from Mike uh, Sittich, our buddy here. Uh, Happy New Year to you both and the legendary Dan Duran. Uh, if you could, would you mind forward, forwarding me the link to that thing you read, Howard, about if you were born in 1900? That was really interesting. Thanks in advance. Love the show. Keep it up. All uh, right. And the show, too. Okay. Uh, kind regards, Mike Sittage. Uh, I did, Mike, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hi, All guys. Right. Oh, sorry. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Oh, I get it. He says, keep it up. And the show, oh, too. Oh, I get it. Boner joke. Boner joke. Boner joke. Boner joke. This is from uh, Rod Fittage. Hi, guys. We have some relatives over from across the pond, and they brought some beer. Uh, and they, he sent a picture of it. And he says, notice the slogan running up the side of the can. Great slogan and good beer. Loving you, Rod Fittich. And what it is, let me just get it out here. Uh, I had downloaded it. And uh, where is it? It's uh, on the beer. It's called Brew Dog. Uh, and on the side of the beer, it says, fiercely defiant and independent. Well, kind of an homage to the Humble and Fred, fiercely right. independent. And mm-hmm. as always, uh, we always appreciate uh, Rod and anyone else uh, sending Hi us guys. material. Hi Subject line. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This, this is from Tan Saros. Yes. I would, I would uh, believe that's how that would be uh, pronounced. Just finished catching up on this week's shows, and I have just a couple of observations uh, for your travel show. If you ever do one about visiting hot springs, you should call it geezers and geysers. Yes. <laughs> yes, Fundy Peas. Uh, I know you're trying to figure out what name to give to HPITs, and I have uh, some suggestions uh, for anyone who joined you post of Voldemort. How about 
Hunjades. Hunjades. Hunjades, yes. Of course, this is a reference to... Uh, Disgrace broadcaster John Derringer. Uh, 100% of episodes since John Derringer is how you would get that designation. And for people rediscovering you since the AM radio days, again, like me, Mojo Mofos. Oh, she's got it all. She's got eh? very good. I like it. Yeah. I hope you both have a happy new year and travel safely and often. Cheers, Tanya. Um, Yeah, because there are some people that discovered us. Mm. Thank you very much, disgraced broadcaster John Derringer. Uh, when we were talking about this story that broke in the spring, several have mentioned that they tuned in because they heard we were going to talk about it, and they haven't stopped listening since. And uh, anyways, Tanya, however you uh, couch it, we certainly appreciate your support. Hi, guys. Hi guys. And ironically Hi enough, guys. this is the last email this week, and on a subject line, 100 percenter. I told you this subject. Uh, it struck a chord with people. This is Stephen mm-hmm. Kelsey. Stephen Kelly, I'm sorry, Stephen. Stephen Kelly says, hey, guys, I'm a hundred percenter was the one that said you lift my spirits back in 2011. Remembered seeing you guys on the CTV news in the morning. We were on Canada AM. Mm-hmm. Let's put a pause for a second. This is how un- unique and new podcasting was. Mm-hmm. We went on. They, the producers of Canada AM had us on to talk mm-hmm. about. What this this world of doing internet the concept, the yeah. concept. yeah like mm-hmm. can you imagine them doing a story about a about podcasting now not really unless something outrageous happened uh, but this was uh, one of the things we did but we did a, we did a bunch of press we did a bunch of press uh, he says I remember seeing you guys on the CTV news in the morning couldn't believe you guys are still together days of listening to CFNY in Barry that's where I guess he's from now living in Quizpamsis New Brunswick. <laughs> I don't even know if that's close. Quiz Pamis? Pamsis. When they named that town, didn't they think that one day people would start? <laughs> seriously. Could that not have named it phonetically? <laughs> anyway, cheers, and thanks for still lifting my spirits. And so there we go. Another week of... Very sweet. Very sweet people. Uh, you asked uh, a question to me before the show started today that would... Um, would we be doing emails next week? Well, what we'll do is, because you're going to be here Monday on on Monday's program. Fred will be uh, along for the entire show. And Dan, too, apparently. And then uh, Romanek for a couple days. And then Maureen Holloway. So there'll be some emails about some of the content that is churned up. I'm sure many people, oh, the show is just no good without Fred. Shut it down. Yeah, I can just hear it now. Or the opposite. No, it'll be, no. You're just gonna hear people. Oh, this show sucks. You suck. Um, <laughs> why don't you just take a vacation when Fred's not there? I do. I want to take a vacation. Uh, in the meantime, is Dan doing news today, or did he have to? No, sir. No, I told oh, okay. you I have to go. Okay. I, no, I, my I own Gonna leave me wasting away. Uh, have you seen the uh, markets are up this week? Yeah, encouraging. Uh, yeah, and uh, I wrote something else down here, but oh yeah, um, the U.S. Did we talk about this on the show? The U.S. is banning gas stoves. I think we talked about it yesterday. 
Howard, that's been a big subject in my home. Do you have a gas stove? You do? I have a gas fireplace. Right, right. Open hearth. And the sweet woman I lived with now is all a flutter. Is it safe? Should we have it tested? Should we have it serviced? When you get it fixed, do you call that open hearth surgery? (laughs) (laughs) Come on! And then she's never she's never been big on gas stoves because she doesn't like the way they cook things, especially the oven. So that hasn't been part of our world. But it's funny she's. Uh, I'm surprised because Doll's such a you know she's a good cook, and a lot of people that love to cook. I had a gas uh, stove in my matrimonial home, and uh, you know a lot of people who love cooking yeah. swear by gas cooking because you can the, the heat's more um, easy to um, moderate. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think her complaint is the oven. She can't really control something. I, 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 I've lost track. But anyway, we would never have a gas stove, uh, according to her, or you know, her making that decision. But this gas fireplace now has become a bit of a an issue in the house now. And I'm going to have to have the gas man come in and disconnect it. No, no, make tell her, rest assured, right. you know, it's okay, or or tag it, or whatever, I don't know. When I built uh, the backyard paradise in the matrimonial home, one of the things that I put in that I, I've loved, and I have it here, is the gas hookup to the barbecue. You know, they, just because, you know, I, and I, at the time I was doing a lot of barbecuing with kids and such, and the pain, it was such a pain taking that canister back. But that, that is a convenience that I really like. I have it here the odd time that I do, even this wintertime when I'll barbecue. Do you have a gas uh, hookup to your barbecue? No, I don't. I wish I did. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I just never got around to that. I just use the 20-pound cylinders, which can be a pain in the ass. They're so gross. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I should. All right. I, I know neighbor John for years had it. It was great. A couple of times I run out of gas with the 20-pound cylinder, whip my stuff over there because there was always gas. Yeah, man. Uh, let's take a second now and acknowledge this uh, freaking angel. He's the uh, producer. Well, he produces, I don't, even, I don't even know where we rank. We're probably like, he produces so many podcasts. I'm not even sure he remembers he's producing this one, but... It's uh, Toronto. number one. Number one with a bullet. Whatever. You say that. You say that to all your podcasts. He is uh, the host of uh, this city's, nay, this country's finest long-form interview, deep dive extravaganza. He is Toronto Mike, everybody. Although, Michael, you're not supposed to say bullet because they they kill people. Okay. That's why it's the Washington Wizards. Exactly. This is this is where that came off the top of my head. Did you know that, Howard? I don't know For what you're years, talking about. The Washington NBA team were the Washington Bullets. And you talk about, you know, changing attitudes. About probably 10, 15 years ago, they thought Washington with its image of high crime and whatever mm-hmm. it was the bad it was a bad name to have for a sports team so they changed it from bullets to wizards that just seems ridiculous but whatever well they yeah. had a high murder rate and lots yes. of yes yeah. and i thought and i think they're right like bullets is kind of an insensitive name for your 
Team. Well, you would. You would. Um, here's where it will get over. It'll go crazy. Detroit Pistons. It'll be no. Uh, you know that's a gas. That's you right. know that uses fossil fuels. We can't use have the Detroit Pistons. Let's call <laughs> them the Detroit EVs. That's right. <laughs> Pistons are bad for the environment. Yes. This is what we're saying. Come on, guys. Pistons. No, Pistons are no good. Come on, guys. That is a great name, though. It is. Detroit Pistons, yeah. Always like that name. And then you think of a piston going up and down. With All right. Being fueled. and Yeah. Jesus. It's very exciting. So I know. Mm. Who was it? One of your hundy peas there. Or, I mean, I'm going to talk about that mm. term in a minute, actually. But somebody was saying you don't talk about Raptors. But this is the season where the big question is, do you, do you tank <laughs> for Victor Wembenyama? Wembenyama. Wembenyama. Uh, that was me. I was talking to my, uh, I guess at some point, he'll be my son-in-law. But he's uh, my daughter's boyfriend. And we were just talking about sports that he and I are both watching. The Bills talked a lot about, I'll talk about the baseball experience but it, and, and Raptors. It was weird in the conversation, now that I think of it, that at no point did he mention the Leafs. But uh, he did say that the Raptors weren't really worth watching for him this year. He didn't feel. No, I think they should, uh, they should tank for Victor Wembenyama. And I just like saying that name. <clears throat> and you know, when, I, when you talk about generational, there's a great example. Because I'm all over and I, all, I know everything about Connor Bedard and the NHL teams may be tanking for him. But that name you just threw out there... Victor Wembanyama. First time I've heard it. Wembam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> get it, get it. Guy. He, uh, he plays He's a friend. In, uh, He's a French. He's a Frenchman. He's yeah. a Frenchman. No, you. He's a Frenchie. Frenchman's played basketball. What? Oh, okay. Is he tall? <laughs> tall Frenchman. <laughs> he is tall. Is he made taller because of the beret he's wearing? Mm-hmm. How's that? Hey, if the Raptors sure. sign him, won't they be um, uh, appropriating uh, French culture? Yes. Oh. If they sign him. Hmm. Anyway, and, and, we, and during the warm up, during the warm up, we'll be throwing around croissant to the fans yeah. to, instead of a t-shirt machine. He has a croissant yeah. launcher. <laughs> so I've been listening today. So here's a quick little Boone. Boone's, Boone's like Boone's like like okay, I can't be part of this fucking nonsense. This, this I can't wait for. Go ahead, man. No, this is a quick update. So okay. Beaver Hunt, I remember Beaver Hunt. Yes. Okay. Two things about Beaver Hunt. It starts as like a segment mm. in Hustler. See, it did start. As, I was right. Oh, it started okay. in say, I right. started in Hustler. Oh, yes, it's, mm-hmm. it's in Hustler, and like yeah. regular people, like it would be like uh, Fred sends in a picture of Doll. Like it's like an come on now, photo. Jesus. That's Mike. an example. Dear Mike, don't even Mike. How dare you? That's in a different section. That's Gilf Hunt. With Doll's consent, of course. But okay, okay. so that's okay. a seg- segment mm-hmm. in, in Hustle. Doll is not going to okay. endorse this segment, by the way. It off. It became its own magazine, so Fred was right. Beaver Hunt oh. became a standalone Larry Flint production. Uh, yeah, like as a <laughs> spinoff of Hustler. Yeah, I remember oh, the difference, like Playboy mm. in the 70s, and this will shock some of you younger humans. In the 70s in Playboy, there was no beaver to be hunted. It was... Uh, pictures of women usually with humongous boobies but right. very sort of bush but you didn't but you saw nah, bush in the 70s. no sir no yeah. sir very bush was later in the 70s it mm-hmm. was it, bush come lately i believe and uh and then in the 80s this is when i first met dan duran actually I met dan duran in the late 70s but then you know i remember you could buy a penthouse which would show mm. uh bush and vagina hinting 
I'll just be, I mean, I'm a physician, so I can say with their lips, the labia area, they would, they, that, they would explore those. And then came Hustler, when it was not just the labia area, it was like a fucking looking at it at a gynecological exam. Remember that? Like, the first couple times you see Hustler, you're like, what is going on with that thing? Yeah, wow. <laughs> so it was all like it's been spray painted with uh, canola oil or some, yeah. you know, it was fucking all glossy. That really happens? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That was also People. the first. Sorry, mm. no, I was going to say Hustler was also the first time you would see you know a lot of uh, actual girl on girl um, uh, <laughs> shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I was going to say The People versus Larry Flint was a good movie. Like I enjoyed yeah. that. Woody Harrelson, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Courtney Love, yeah. Mike, you heard the show from the beginning. Um, uh, so- yeah. As someone who leans to the left of the in the uh, woke world, what do you think of the Gwen Stefani thing? Don't you think that's over the line? Sure, of course it is. And, yeah. and no one, yeah. for what it's worth, nobody I follow on Twitter, nobody in my circle is upset about this. So mm-hmm. if there's some uh, fringe element out there, it didn't. I don't follow those people. But mm-hmm. and woke, you know, there's nothing wrong with being woke. Like it's better than being asleep. I think this term has sort of been used as a negative, but it just means you're uh, like aware of other people's feelings and your place in mm-hmm. the world. Well, and I said to Freddie, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, there, there's lots of good that comes from it. It just, you know, and then uh, 10 years ago, the term was politically incorrect. Sure. And yeah. uh, I mean, that, that, that Chief Wahoo was a, an offensive logo. I don't care if you're like a, a, a traditionalist or whatever and, oh, that's the way it was. That Chief Wahoo was a racial caricature. Like, it, it needed to go. Right, mm-hmm. Fred? Yeah, yeah, yes. L- listen, honestly, I don't care. Like, I know for a fact the Cleveland Indians in particular did so much market research through the 2000s and everything. And they were polling. They went into the indigenous communities and it kept coming back. No, we don't have a problem with it. The people that have a problem with it are, are, aren't our people. So anyway, you could play, you know, you, the Washington Redskins, to me, absolutely over yes. the line. Absolutely I'm, I'm over the to line. That, uh, that, mm-hmm. low, that mascot, Chief Wahoo. Forget the name, Indians. Like the the, the Chief Wahoo himself. It uh, was a caricature. I, I know, Mike, but I'm just saying the Cleveland Indians, I mean, they were a business. They weren't stupid. They did a lot, and it kept coming back. And then finally, you know, it, it was too much for them. They just decided to go. Well, and, I've, I've, heard you, fine. I've heard you quote that survey before. Mm-hmm. Bear, I will guarantee you, and I don't have many guarantees left, but I will guarantee you they do that survey in 2023. It's a lot different. Well, maybe, maybe, and maybe because that's I'll, why, yeah. but two, I'm just saying in their defense, when this became an issue, probably 10, 15 years ago, right. they were aware of it. Right. It's not like they ignored but, it. But it's let me finish my team. Yeah. The team conducting that study is akin to chorus. Okay, I get it. Owning the yeah. investigation. No, but, into no, but Mike, Fred's <laughs> right. What they did, when, when at the <clears> time, whatever research they did, um, they weren't asleep. Yeah. They were woke to that. They but were. Uh, anyhow, let's speaking of uh, the disgrace broadcaster, John Derringer. So next week, Mike, I've already set up uh, what's going to be on the show. But uh, do we have that guest uh, for the uh, yeah. next Thursday? Jackie Delaney is our guest on Thursday. Normally, we don't have guests on Thursday, but this is a special Thursday because it's Sans Fred. Now, so, yeah. I'm going to be talking to Maureen. She reached out to me yesterday about another subject. Although she said, Howard, I'm very excited about guest spreading and, and we're all excited to have her. I do want to just make sure, double check, that she's cool for us to talk about. Not, not the whole show, but at least some of the conversation to be around 
you know, what happened, the chorused investigations and such and such. You know, Do you think she's cool with that? Well, she talked to me about it, so she's, she's definitely publicly talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah, Fantastic. You know. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Um, everyone else, thank you very much. Uh, Fred's back on Monday. We'll do a full show. It'll be like the regular thing. Is there any more, Mikey? Because I want to just chime in on the Hundy P thing. Oh, fi- I- I'm sorry, Michael. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, we've been doing show and at the end of the show, we get tired. So what did you want to say? And, and talk about aging part. with energy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, talk yeah. About sorry. I thought the whole fucking I'm, thing was done. I'm aging with energy myself. So okay. really? Mm. <laughs> All right. I, this is my opinion. You guys own the show. I don't make the call, but. I believe it's better to take these uh, OG Hundy P's and give them the new designation. So the Mike Bertrand and the uh, Ball, Fred Ball, these people who have been there since day one, myself, they become OG Hundy P's. That title's reserved for them. But everyone else, the moment you discover the show, if you don't miss an episode, you're a Hundy P. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is because it is impossible technically for Jen Kelly to become a Hundy P. So she, I think that's the Hundy P. I discovered it. I listen to every episode now versus the OG Hundy P where they get that special like emeritus title. Emeritus. Okay, whatever. That one. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Howard had a pretty good. Uh, Did you hear what I said? Mike? Howard had a pretty good solution as well. Mike. Because I'll, 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 we're going to get, I don't make we're gonna get some pushback from the Balls and the Bertrands and the mm. and Chris K's. We're going to get some pushback, deservedly so. Because if you're like a day oneer and you're a Hundy P, that you you wear that badge with honor. I said to Freddie, you know, like for everyone else, like Jen Kelly, etc. You can be a Hundy P, but the designated, you're a designate. When you started, so you'd be a Hundy P 2022, a Hundy P 2017. I just sure. think that gives you a status, but it does denote that you're not an original. Denotes, yes. Denotes and connotations. I like that word, denotes. Yeah. Do you like the word emeritus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did I say it? Emeritus? Emeritus. You said it, you know what you said it? Word. You said it like a guy living in his basement. <laughs> like <Well>, me. <laughs> emeritus sounds like something that bothers you in your back. I've got something. emeritus in my stomach. <laughs> well, there's a cream for that, I think. I got yeah. some emeritus in my stomach. Uh, but of creams for things. But wait, we will debate this. And at <laughs> some point, we're going to get a consensus. But in the meantime, I like the fact that it's part of the zeitgeist, the the, the debate going on. In we the, discussed. In the, I'm passionate about the issue. Oh, I know you are. Mm-hmm. I know you okay. are. So I want to tell people we dropped a new episode of uh, Aging with Energy, the old guys travel show. But mm-hmm. did you guys, I didn't hear the first five minutes. Did you guys acknowledge that one of the greatest guitarists of all time has passed away? Did that no. Uh, yeah, I had it. No, I didn't. Yeah, Jeff Beck passed away. Yeah. Like there's certain like uh, especially the boomer crowd, right? There's people like he came out of the Yardbirds, like with uh, Jimmy Page and everything, replacing Eric Clapton. Like this guy is mm. like the uh, OG guitar. Yeah, he's virtual. like the Mozart of guitar players. Yeah, I feel so ignorant. Uh, I, he like, I, like I knew of his name, but I like yeah. I, the, same yeah. with me. I couldn't the story behind the man. I don't, know. And, and I couldn't. I mean, I was a rock guy, rock disc jockey, played that stuff, but I. Uh, I mean, I can't really think of a Jeff Beck, like, signature song. Can you? He doesn't have, like, a big, I would say, uh, Blaze of Glory by Bon Jovi might be the most well-known thing he played on. But it's because Yardbirds are more influential than they are famous and this on this side of the pond. Like, right. You can't name, like, off the top of your head, name a Yardbird song. Here's some Jeff Beck uh, playing with Rod Stewart.
then Rod Stewart sings. Well, here's some, here we go, little Jeff Beck uh, lead guitar. I remember my brother-in-law really liked them and seeing Jeff Beck albums in my sister's bedroom. What was your brother-in-law doing in your sister's bedroom besides? Ooh, a scandalous. Mm, beaver hunt. Beaver hunt, exactly. <laughs> That's my sister. Uh, well, we did it with Doll. <laughs> That's different. Yeah, How is that different? From- well, Fred enjoys thinking about Doll naked. Oh, Mike. Well, that, you can't say that. Listen, man, Mike, you're, you know, no, here's the not thing. in my woke world. Yeah, exactly. You can't do woke Patterson stuff. You got to know where the line world. is. There's a different line with Freddie P. Okay, can we get out of here now? Can we get out of here now? Is this enough? Sheet, I think. Okay, is there enough show? The new episode of Aging with Energy. Yes, fuck. Okay. okay, this is important. Speak to it. Phoenix to the Grand Canyon. Nice. Oh, That's a good one. Nice, nice journey. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you told us that. Uh, no guests on Monday. We'll just uh, you know bring you up to date on all things happening on the weekend. Uh, as always, we appreciate you, uh, Toronto microphone. Toronto microphone. <laughs> That's his, did you know that was his full name, Toronto microphone? Mm-hmm. Um, That's we where call, Toronto Mike comes. <laughs> we call him yeah. T.O. Mike for short. All right, mm-hmm. kids. Uh, for everyone else, enjoy a, a nice, humble, and Fred long weekend. Okay. Here we go. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. You can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit godaddy.ca to learn more. We read all our emails, Humble and Fred at humbleatfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing and giving us five-star reviews makes us feel good inside, so please do it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, do some jumping jacks, some downward dog, and then go out there and Just get them, Tiger. Enjoy every goddamn day. In the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, and just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?